Welcome to The Other 165. On this show we want to talk about what to do when life happens, when things knock you down and discourage you throughout your week. Join us as we discuss how to stay encouraged and develop true relationships of love and discipleship. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right. Well, it is finally here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the maiden voyage of the other 165. If you only knew everything <laughs> that has been going on in the past couple of weeks, months, that has led up to this point, it has been life-changing. It has been awesome. Amen. It has been horrible. It has been <laughs> tear the very small amount of hair left on my head out in frustration at times, but so rewarding and so worth it. We are so excited to be with you today, and we are just believing God that this ministry is going to be excellent. And I am your host, Aaron Kocek. Please say hello to my co-host, Joel Hoffman. Hello. How are you guys doing? So... This first episode is going to be not a ton of content like the rest of the, the show will be. This is going to be more of an introduction. We're going to share our testimonies, share our hearts with you, kind of give you a little insight into who we are, why we're doing this, what we want to do, what we want this to accomplish. So we're going to just take a few moments today and... Uh, go through those things with you and uh first of all we're going to start off with the reason for the show why are we doing this what brought us to this point and it really all started what like two years ago maybe a year ago something yeah like that. so i'd it, say two it, years yeah yeah two years it's been uh joel and i work together and we we've known each other for much longer but um i believe our shifts started to line up uh, a couple of years back, and we actually started to be able to talk and connect with each other a little more than we had before, um, above, you know, general pleasantries. And we started to really connect when we started to talk about our faith. We realized that we had a lot of similar upbringing. Um, we have a lot of similar goals. We really love our wives. <laughs> That's true. That was something we, uh, we started talking about too, but um, what would you say would be the main topic that really brought us together? We both wanted more. Yes, we wanted more of Christ, and you could say in the church we saw so much more that us being believers that we could do more. And I think like working together, we it was like you could say it was crazy how God brought us together because we're opposites but at the same time with the same mission and love for god because oh, yeah. like how you were saying and um i think like as we sat down and we started digging into the bible looking into different ministers that uh you would even share with me that would help us and something like that we started realizing that there's more that we can do in order to not just help each other but to help others outside yeah, he is not lying when he says that. Like, as much as we we've connected and we have a lot of similarities about us, our personalities are the exact opposite. <laughs> and, uh, 
honestly, from from the show and maybe if you've been following our social media, some of the videos I've been doing, you may think that I am the outgoing, boisterous personality and Joel's kind of the quiet, reserved one. Switch those because that is the opposite. I am very much the quieter one and Joel is the it sounds mean when I say loud, but you are I don't, loud, dude. Yeah, I don't shut up sometimes. <laughs> but he just he'll walk into a room and he wants to he wants to meet everybody, he wants to talk to everybody, he wants to love everybody. I struggle with that. But, you know, by the grace of God, we're going to see how this works. <laughs> Oh man. And it was fun, you could say, like thinking about like what brought us together. I remember I was just praying and thinking, you could say, as we went through this first episode, and I was like, what verse basically uh tied in? And I remember it was first Lethal first Thessalonians chapter five, verse eleven, where it was like, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. And our whole goal out of most of this whole situation is we were encouraging each other to love other people to love each other, to love God more. And then we started realizing like, man, we can encourage others to do more and love each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think this year, the beginning of this year is when we really started talking about, um, like we felt like we were being called to do something (laughs) at first. It was not this, we won't get into what the other things were that we were thinking about. We were just kind of throwing ideas out, you know, like, oh, we could do this, we could do that, it'll be awesome. And then I I wanna say it may have had even something to do with like the COVID thing to where um my sisters actually started a podcast and yeah. just just one more cookie. Check it out, it's good. Um mm-hmm. but we kept having these talks at work, um, just, we have to do something like, what can we do? What can we do? And then this idea of a podcast came up and then along with that, Joel came up with the 31 days of inspiration that we've been doing on our Instagram and our YouTube channel. And it just, it it clicked like with everything going on with, you know, social distancing and, not being able to go gather with people and love each other like we were once able to, things are started, starting to change. So now, how do we do what we want to do, which is encourage people, reach out to people, minister to people when we can't do that? But thanks to technology, even though <laughs> it bites us every step of the way, we yeah. are able to do that now. And the whole thing just started falling into place and it was so exciting but <laughs> obviously we know the struggles that have been <laughs> as well but again but, totally i mean worth that, it no and that's the beauty in it i think that um most people you can say like they'll see us and they see the happiness but there are a lot of struggles in the sense of us having to be on our knees us having two praying you know what i'm saying having some praying wives that basically supported the ministry and uh, to support the ministry meant that they had to sacrifice time with us in order for us to give more to this world, just like how Christ did for this world. And I think like us sacrificing, it was a, it was a sacrifice we're willing to make because we saw that we grew as in our relationship in the sense of sometimes having to be 
honest with each other when we knew for a fact that we just needed to hear the truth on views that we were looking at, which is what basically has brought me to be close to Aaron, is because he'll just tell me down the truth, which that's what the relationship we want. But um, our goal in encouraging you is the truth is, you know, there's more that we can do. There's more than you can do in your church, in your community, in your families that, you know what I'm saying, can bring forth the happiness that you've been searching for. Right. Yeah. I actually, uh, this past weekend, I uh, was at an open house and I was talking to uh, one of, it's my cousin's husband, and we were talking about ministry. And I, th- I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions is, like he said, um, he would go to a church meet, uh, you know, uh, what am I thinking of? Church service. <laughs> so he would go to church services at like the camp meetings and stuff like that. And um, he said he would get really upset when um, the preacher would get up there and say, you know, some of you have a calling on your life. Well, all of us have a calling on our life to minister. That is very true. And just because you are not up in a pulpit doesn't mean you are not a minister. You Amen. can minister to anyone just by simply giving mm. your story. Your hey. testimony is a way to minister to someone who has been specifically designed to be placed in your life that can actually learn from all the things that you have been through. You are specifically equipped to help specific people. Hey, hey that's what I'm talking about. I <laughs> so like anyway, that. Anyway, we're going to... Now going to share our testimonies, um, and it'll give you kind of an insight into who we are and kind of the road that led up to this uh, this ministry that we're that we're doing right now. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick things off. And so I grew up in a household that was very much. It was a loving household. We were we were close, but also we yelled a lot. You know, that's how we um, emoted. That's any kind of conflict resolution wasn't, hey, let's sit here and talk about it. Like, well, no, let's scream. Like, if you're going to yell at me, I'm going to yell louder. And then you're going to yell louder. And then that's just how it goes until there's a shouting match and we run out of breath. So that was growing up the way that I started to learn how to deal with conflict is to yell, to be angry. And anger started to become a part of me. And I grew up also very close with my dad. And I've always been close with my mom. I still am. I am a huge mama's boy. Not ashamed to admit it. But I had a very up and down roller coaster uh, relationship with my dad. And it is a defining part of my life is my relationship with my dad. It, it defines a lot of who I am now. And it defines a, a lot of who I was growing up. And it also kind of ties in to my view of church and 
the way that I dealt with things. And when I was in my mid-teens, I started to not have the greatest relationship with my dad. He worked a lot, and I think we all kind of resented him for that. And it just created a lot of rockiness. And again, instead of having talks like, hey, man, could you make a little more of an effort to like spend time with me? If we had some sort of disagreement, it just turned into yelling, fight, shouting match. And so that just kind of continued to to separate our relationship. And my dad was very much involved in the church in that like he drove a he drove a taxi. And I used to when I was a kid, I used to ride around with him. He would take me with just as something to do. Like I would hang out with him, we would listen to music and he would take his cab fares places. And this guy would tell anyone about his faith and um, just unashamed. And he would be the guy in church that everyone would kind of look at like, oh, that dude is getting it. He, would, he was the loudest one to, to scream and shout and he would dance around and get after it. And he, on the outside, was very much a devout Christian. But, so when I was in my early 20s, I found out that my parents were separating. And it was because my dad was unfaithful to my mom. And again, not having the emotional maturity to deal with those things in a healthy way, it was immediate hatred. This dude is dead to me. I refused to even say his name. When my when someone would talk about him, it, it was kind of a joke for a while, but I, I, I kind of feel bad about it now. But um, when someone would be like, oh, your dad's coming by later, I'd say, who? And uh, I, I just refused to even like acknowledge his existence. And like now, looking back, it seems a little silly, but I was just so dinged up about that that I felt betrayed by him. I felt the betrayal towards my mother, who I would move heaven and earth for. Like he hurt her, so now you know all of that, and. It was really bad for a while. And then um, my parents actually started to reconcile and I still didn't want to have anything to do with them. And I told my mom that I didn't think she should have anything to do with him. But she said, I've been, they've been married for over 30 years. She, she was going to forgive him because that's, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to forgive. I'll never forget it. I was sitting at lunch. It was just me and my mom at uh, Longhorn, Longhorn Steakhouse in Maryville. And we were eating, and she looked at me, and she said, I don't want you to be mad. I want you to stay calm. But I'm filing 
divorce papers. And I was like, what? I thought you guys were like, no. Um, he had still been unfaithful the entire time, including when she was starting to reconcile with him. So then it's just like, okay, <laughs> goodbye. So I had just deep anger, bitterness, hatred for this man. How, how dare you? And I then, which is even worse, started to aim my anger and bitterness at the church on top of it. Because so oftentimes we do, we blame the failures of fallible humans on the yep. church. Well, you're a church person. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be better than that. Yeah. You are supposed to be better than that, but it doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. So, yeah. but still, I said I'm not going to be involved with a church that allows well not allows, but like basically I was using my dad as the as the example like you're going to put on this nice fancy show when you're in the building of the church, but the rest of the week you're doing what? So it just really soured me to anything church related. And fast forward about five, six years. Um, I finally decided through the help of my mom and my sisters who just kept trying to convince me that I needed to deal with my anger and my bitterness. Like they would say, you don't have to be his friend. You don't have to hang out with him all the time, but you have to forgive him for you because this anger and bitterness was poison inside of my veins and it was affecting my relationships. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my relationship with my mom and my sisters. It was affecting me at work. So hmm. I finally decided that I was going to at least forgive him enough to where I didn't hate his guts. So um, I started talking to him a little bit off and on, and I started to get a little better and Eventually, I got to the point where I could actually sit down and have a meal with him. And I think what really kind of tipped the scale um, for the good is when I started to play hockey um, at one of the places down the road here. And he would come and he would watch my games. And I mean, it sounds so silly. Like I'm a little kid. Like my dad showed up to my Little League game. I'm 30 years <laughs> old, granted, when I'm doing this. And it just felt nice that the guy who for so long was not around took time mm. out of his day to say, like, I actually heard him one time on the phone with a customer, like, I can't get you until nine o'clock because I have to go watch my son play hockey. <laughs> my 30 year old cool. son. <laughs> but that meant, that actually meant a lot to me. So I started to let him in some more. And we, um, he was more of a friend. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't, he wasn't dad anymore. He was Bob. He was the guy that every once in a while we'd grab lunch. He'd come see me play hockey. Maybe we'd go see a movie together, whatever. And 
and that, and I was okay with that, you know, like that was, that was fine. I didn't need him to be my dad anymore. You know, I'm in my thirties. I, I, I didn't need him to be my dad, but I needed not to hate him. And yeah. then he got into his accident, um, two years ago and I got a phone call and my sister said that he had been in an accident and they didn't have much much news about it but it wasn't good and i was like well um what do you want me to do like i am ash- when i'm telling the story I doesn't know how ashamed i am of my behavior right now um and she was like we're going to they're airlifting him to chicago and we're going to go see him do you want to come with and i'm sitting on the couch comfy like I mean, can I go tomorrow? Like, and she was like, I guess. (laughs) And I still to this day can't believe that I was so selfish at the time. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So she hangs up and then my mom calls me um, about half hour, 45 minutes later. She's like, yo, it's serious. I'm not saying you have to go, but you should go. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we drove out there and it was way worse than they were leading on. Um, He was in a coma. His leg was so badly broken that they're going to have to probably amputate it. Um, He was going to be in a coma for uh, medically induced until they could figure something out. So it became apparent in the next couple of days that um, we were going to have to let him go. And I'm sitting at his bedside and I'm holding his hand and all of what I just told you is just washing over me and how stupid I was to yes he did something wrong and it shouldn't have gone down like that but to hold on to something for so long and i'm just sitting there talking to him telling him that i forgive him i hope he forgives me and i have to just sit there and think to myself and tell him are you going to die without me being able to tell this to your face. And he did. He he ended up passing away without me ever being able to be man enough to just let go of the past and say, I know you messed up. I know you were a human, but you're my dad and I love you. I never said that to him. And that was honestly one of the most pivotal moments in my life because since then has been nothing but thoughts and actions of that will never, ever happen again. I will never, ever allow something like anger or bitterness or stubbornness get in the way of healing 
a relationship, healing my heart, healing someone else's heart or relationship, because it's not worth it. Because when it comes to an end, you start to really realize what's really important. And of the 33 years that we had together, I'm sitting next to his bedside and I'm not thinking of all of the bad things. All I'm thinking is, I just wish we could go back and ride around in the cab and listen to music and make jokes. And, you know, you'd start to really realize that all of this stuff that you're holding on to is not important. And it's poison and you just need to let it go. And I say all that to say, This, again, was the pivotal moment where I not only wanted myself to heal, but I wanted to help others who maybe don't know how to heal. And with this podcast, I really want to to help each other and anyone who ever listens to this to know that, like, we are trying to help you. We want to be here for you. We will pray for you because yeah. life is hard enough without holding on to all this extra baggage. You know what I mean? Amen. That's so true. I think it's so true out of this situation, man. And I mean, tying into my testimony, I think um, to give you a little bit of quick background, uh, Born in 1986 in the country of South Africa, my father in 1988 uh, decided to uh, come to the United States. I was just about to turn three years old, and um, um, he came here to study at a school called Moody Bible Institute, and um, we lived in Chicago and then moved to Gary, uh, Indiana, and uh, lived in Gary for a while. Now, with my father being a missionary and for my family all living in South Africa, it made it to where um, sometimes I felt alone because you could say like I had to learn at a young age to uh, really trust people around me because you could say technically, um, usually young people, they have their family around them. I have one brother, uh, Roscoe, and then I have a mother, Lorraine. And then so we as a family, we were very tight, but in ministry, my father was very, very um, involved in the church, which we were also. Um, so my father would do the church and would um, work uh, full time at the same time. So we didn't really see him as much. So his first church plan in Living Waters was by far the start of my relationship with uh, God. I remember I, I went through youth pastor um, Phil Howard. Uh, he was the first one to sort of like introduced me to water baptism where I was baptized at Defenders of the Faith. And um, I'll never forget that I went from another youth pastor of uh, uh, Loopy and Freddie. Uh, then it was Pastor Ryan. And like, it was cool to see at a young age, like my relationship of um, trusting and learning to love people at, in my teens was being challenged in the youth ministry. And um, my family, you know, we, we didn't, we spent as much time as we could, but my father was very, very involved in ministry because like, especially in the city of Gary, he was a 
when he left South Africa, before he became a Christian, he was an alcoholic. So his passion was to uh, reach the lost in the sense of those that were struggling with addictions and drugs and alcohol. And um, we were very much involved in that. And in my teenage, I started getting a great relationship with Christ. And um, I had great friends from uh, Billy and David Watson, Tim Smith, uh, the Dennis boys, uh, Terrence and Williamson. And we were a good family that became, we would go to youth ministries and start growing. And then before you know it, we moved to Michigan city. And now, you know, I start meeting different people from the Hoskins and the Harveys. And I'm starting to see my relationship with Christ, not be as strong as it was in my early teens because I was very involved in the church. Now I'm getting older. And uh, I started seeing myself in a sense of not being able to do as much in a sense of sports with school, not having that involvement with my dad because he was more, he was so involved in the church and changing people's lives that I started just basically just struggling with our relationship together. And um, I'll never forget, you could say, as time went on and uh, things would change, I started seeing if I could find love in different ways. So, you know, you start dabbing into the world. I never messed with alcohol. I never messed with drugs. But then I started, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, just girl after girl engaging in relationship to find what I thought was happiness, but it was never happiness. And my father would always sit there and he was very honest and blunt. Uh, would always tell me you have to get right with Christ, you know. And it was one of those to where he would never. My father always loved me, but the thing is, as a young person, um, my brother Aaron said something yesterday which was so powerful: uh, is we put check boxes, and when people don't fill them check boxes, fill them boxes, we feel they don't love us. And but we, I started thinking about it, and it was. I started thinking about all these things that I was like, oh, well, my dad doesn't do this. He, he doesn't come to my sports or he doesn't do this. And da, da, da. I started looking at and uh, I thought I wasn't being loved. So I started just like wanting to run away from the church and I would go to church, but I wasn't involved in the church. It makes sense. And my relationship was very, very, very um, hurt in that situation because of I, I played church. So as when I got, got older, I started seeing that things were not as real and as authentic. And I had a praying mother that would always approach me and talk to me. And um, it just never, ever grabbed at me because I was always trying to find love in different ways. And I remember um, being involved in some of my friends, seeing their divorce and seeing the pain they were in. And I was like, God, I said you know, what, what can we do more? And it was, but my relationship with Christ, I'm, I'm talking to God, but my relationship with him was very limited. I only contacted him when I wanted something. It wasn't in a sense of getting to know him. So I'm saying that people didn't love me and I was looking for love. But the thing is the man who created love was trying to love me more. And I didn't even want to give him a chance to get to know him more so I could understand what true love was. And it took, I'll never forget, before starting the work at Shavamat, uh, uh, First Lady Tidwell, I remember just going to that church and just looking at my dad and I just was, I gave him that look like, I'm tired of living my life as a, honestly, a fake Christian. 
I wasn't living my life 100% right. There were days I would get on fire for God. I would believe the sermon. I'd want to change. And then I would stop with my relationship with Christ. So then I would fall back into the world. And because I wasn't using my other 165 the right way. And um, so when I gave the world my 165, rather than giving more to Christ, then it, it just basically the world took over my heart. I went to that church at uh, Gary with Bishop Tidwell, and I'll never forget when they just talked to me and they just told me, Joel, and they called me out and they said, Joel, you got to come back to this altar and give your life. Give it all. Don't just come up here and go through the motions because everything I was doing in the church was just going through the motions. I was doing everything that I needed everybody to see that, oh, Joel's fine. The smile's on his face. He'll say the right words. I was the best salesman in the world and I had nothing to sell. So it was a joke is what I was living. Well, then that day I made that commitment. I, I, I made that commitment and I was like, God, I said, I, I, I need this. I need you. I'm going to trust you. And I'll never forget, I sit there and I gave my all and I sat there with um, Bishop Tidwell, Nehemiah. It was one of his sisters and his brother. Um, and we were just having lunch and I just felt like this peace. Um, and the, the powerful thing out of this situation is my father was always my pastor. And he allowed another person to minister to me because he trusted God throughout that process. Because he knew for a fact that my praying mother was praying. He knew that he was praying. He knew members were praying for me that even though everybody else saw that I was okay, he knew that I needed to have a relationship with Christ because he also lived a life to where he was fake in the past, which dabbed him into alcohol. And then he said when he gave up the alcohol and really walked with Christ, he didn't want to see people live that life. And... If it wasn't for that day, I'll never forget. After that, it was like God restored everything in my life because six months later, I met my wife. And then a year after that, I, I wed her. And then a year after that, um, my father goes on to be with the Lord. He, and it was one of those toughest things because I knew for a fact in my heart that um, I played with God so much that my dad had so much love for me and there was so much more that he wanted to give to me. But I was so, in the words of Aaron, stubborn and had so much hatred because of these stupid boxes I created of what I thought that he needed to do to be that father that I expected him to be when he was just being a father to many and was there for me at any time I needed. And it took, honestly, it took, <laughs> it, it took, it took for him to die for me to realize that he was there for me more than what I thought he was. That for him to go, it basically showed me that he was always there, but I didn't allow him in. And I say that to you. How many times has Christ been there and we just don't allow him in? 
can we say he's never been there? Mm. And it it's just a beautiful thing to know that I was blessed enough and I'm still blessed enough to know that I have a father in heaven that loves me and I had a father on this earth that was here for me to introduce me to him. My fault. Amen. That was, that was powerful, man. Well done. My fault. That stupid mosquito. <laughs> very, very powerful stuff there, Joel. So No, thank the Lord. And what we want to do is also what we want to do now is go into a little bit of our vision for this show. What what we would like it to look like down the road, what we feel God has called this ministry to become. And the first thing we want to start off with is talking about the name, the other 165 and what it means and what it means to you. Um, So the original idea came from the fact that there is 168 hours in a week and your typical churchgoer goes hour and a half on Sunday, hour and a half midweek, you know, whatever. And so that's three hours. What are you doing with your other 165 hours. And ever since we came up with this name, you know, we, that was actually the hardest thing for us, right? Was thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah. thinking of the name. Like we kept, we kept telling each other, like, what about this? And waiting for that look to just like pop, like that's the one. And it just kept not <laughs> coming until we thought of the other 165. And we're like, yes, that's it. So, we, well, no, it was, you got to give yourself credit because, like, God gave you. I don't want to get that, and I'll never forget. No, but I mean, honestly, it was it was beautiful because, like, Aaron came up to me. I don't ever forget. I was at work, and he said it, and I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah, okay, because it just didn't pop. <laughs> and I remember he was sitting in his chair, and he was like, uh, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Well, I was like, you know, if it if it sticks, we'll know." And then I went home, and I think it was that weekend. The more I started like thinking about it, it just like kept sticking more and more. And then by the time we got back to work, I was like, I was like in my head, I was like, that's it. It's st- it just and it wasn't because it stuck to me. It was one of those weird things where it didn't pop at first, but then when he explained it, it made more sense of basically it hit the vision a hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, you know this this goes back to uh, the point I was making earlier on where you. Um, you can kind of start to blame church, the church for the, the mistakes of humans, you know what I'm saying? And you can start to think that I'm not getting anything out of church. Church is full of just as many sinners as the world is. And, you know, you can really, church can get a bad rap because you, well, because I wasn't asking myself, what am I putting in to church, first of all, to, yeah. you know, you, you sit back and just expect it like, okay, I woke up early and I showed up here on a Sunday morning, so I've done what I'm supposed to do now, feed me, you know? And, <laughs> and, and honestly, it's perfect because like you said, I think a lot of it is in a sense to where 
we go to church and the pastors sometimes will say there's more we can do. And we're expecting the pastor to physically be at each thing right. when he's trusting that if we hear his word, that there's more that we can do in our own neighborhood with our family, you know what I'm saying? With our friends at our workplace. And we're the ones that waste the time. And then we come to church and we expect him to change everything within them three hours. Right. And I remember, um, like the the name kind of just kind of just came, but once I started thinking about its implications to me in my life, is I mean I've been guilty of this my entire life. You know I was raised in church, and I did very little to. I was very much a consumer. You know I'm that guy who shows up and thinks because I'm here that's enough. So everyone else make sure you give me a great religious experience. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, <laughs> no, it's true. I, I put very little effort into it and I put zero effort into it outside of those church walls. And then uh, now I understand how silly that is to think that I was going to grow spiritually if I put zero time and effort. It's It's just like anything else. Like say, say working out, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, I'm going to do 25 push-ups today because Joel's obsessed with push-ups. And then <laughs> I'm going to do nothing for the rest of the week. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, why aren't I getting huge muscles right now? Why aren't I losing weight or anything? It's like, well, you have to put consistent time and consistent mm -hmm. effort into it. Go ahead, to brother. Grow. You, yep. you and your push-ups. <laughs> no, but I think it's beautiful out of it. Like sometimes using analogies like that, it just basically gives certain people that wonder why their relationship, their marriage, um, uh, their personal relationship is struggling. But it's due to the fact that we waste so much time and we give into the world or selfishness rather than allowing God just to minister. And how hard is it in a sense of, baby stepping certain things like it may be like okay i'm just gonna give and i mean not just only i'm gonna give god an hour extra a week and getting that hour is more than what you gave last week i guarantee you in that hour you'll start seeing different changes because like you said in an exercise if you told if you went from 25 push-ups for one day and you were like well i'm gonna do 25 push-ups for three days you'll see it and a change occur in your body which is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, push-ups are great. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with, uh, say, reading the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just uh, a couple of days ago finished up Revelation, so I read. I started in Genesis, read all the way to Revelation, but that doesn't mean like, okay, I'm done. I'm a scholar now. Like, no. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to start in the New Testament again. So I'm starting in Matthew again. I'm going to read the New Testament again. Uh -huh. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to go to the Old Testament. Because the beautiful thing about reading the Bible is every time you read it, it speaks in a different way. And it's not because the words are changing. It's because I am changing. Every time that I read it again, I have changed and I see it in a different way. And he speaks to me in a different way. So the more that I read it, the more that I open 
myself up to hearing his word, it's infinite possibilities of what can be spoken into your life. And to say, well, you know, God doesn't speak to me. Well, once I started reading his word over and over again and allowing myself to say, I'm open to hearing what you're saying, the more I read, the more I hear. Amen. And I think that's where it's going to be. It's so beautiful with the vision. It ties into encouraging others, sharpening others, bringing forth others, which in the show you'll see as we get more episodes in, we'll introduce certain guests that may have helped us, that may have brought different change, or we feel that because we're, we're going to find people that we may not say, be able, we won't be able to say everything that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from a topic that can be said that somebody else, like uh, a pastor or anybody that's influenced us in our life that can be a guest, you're going to see us bring people that have that quality relationship that have helped sharpen us or that we know can help sharpen you in a sense of being in the vision of giving you more. Yes. <laughs> oh, your face. Your face. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, these. Uh, yeah, we have we have a lot of ideas for the different guests that we want to use, and we're uh, we're real excited about that. And you know, it's it's going to help drive home a lot of the different topics that we want to cover, and some topics will probably come as we go. Um, we have quite a few right now, but you know, it's an ever-changing tapestry because we've already the only two episodes we had locked in were this introductory episode and episode two. the The rest of the episodes have changed just kind of as we have felt, and uh, you know, we want to we want to get into a lot of different things. Like the the second episode uh, is going to be about God's love. We're going to be talking about discipleship. We're going to be talking about uh, surrender, and we want to talk about things that people don't really like talking about sometimes, like addictions and forgiveness. <laughs> so Ooh, that F word. Yeah, there's going to be we we would really like to cover a lot of different things, and um, we just feel like there's going to be some really great guests that are going to come on and just really help us pick up where, cause I mean, we don't, we don't know everything. We're still on this journey too. You know what I mean? So um, we'll take all the help we can get. And the other thing we, uh, we wanted to encourage you to kind of participate as well. We have, you know, our Instagram, we have our YouTube channel, we also have an email address, and it is the other one six five hours at gmail dot com. So, if you have questions, you have comments, you have just something that you would like to share, but you're not really comfortable with the whole putting it out on social media thing, just send it right to our email. That'll be fine. Because really, this the objective of this show is we want to challenge ourselves to just really dig in and dive deeper into this belief system that we have of Christianity and our relationship with God and really just strengthen it and use it to encourage each other. 
So we want to have eventually an open forum, basically. Like we want to be the like, yes, we're talking on this podcast, but we're also going to have a bunch of social media stuff that we want you to be able to participate in. Like we don't want to be in this by ourselves, just talking at you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something that we want to share with you, but we also encourage any sort of participation that you want to give. No, and it's going to be very encouraging to hear certain things that you guys are going to bring uh, to us. And honestly, you know, if something did touch you, feel free to share it and uh, um, share that testimony in a sense of how it could have, how it helped you if it was an episode or if there's certain topics that we have talked about, uh, feel free to, you know, elaborate on certain things on there and we'll be more than happy to comment or anything. Yeah. We want to do this together and we want to strengthen our relationship with God, strengthen our relationship with each other, and we can't do it alone. So we just want this ministry to be a a gathering force to just really gather together and help each other, encourage each other, inspire each other, and together we're going to make it happen. So Amen. we really thank you for uh, hopping on with us. Uh, it was fun. And Joel, thanks for being here as always. Hey, thank you. All right. Things can be fun. We look forward to dabbing into more. Absolutely. All right. And once again, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. Be blessed. Be safe. Have a good one. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please uh, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. And we hope you continue to join us on our mission to not only live for God for three hours a week at church, but also for our other 165.